grab the potion bottles because it's time for us to head to Law Mage Academy. Talk to me about how big the game world is because it's a grid-based world, so there's always potential to add on to it when you fully release mm -hmm. the game. But right now in the demo, how big can players expect that game to be? The game is about 12 months. Oh, sorry, 10 months. 10 okay. months of in and per month, there's 20 days. The current demo has, you have the school as the main area. And then the, the other areas are just dungeons. In just, you know, from a game design level, it's done. It's not an open world area really but these are dungeons and in, in terms of lore the game uh, magus gaia is a country and it, it's set near the equator <laughs> so there's no winter so you can expect maybe 10 areas 10 dungeons okay aside from the quest specific dungeons because at the end of the month there's like a specific quest an end of the month quest similar to fire emblem three houses at the end of the month you have a mission okay so those dungeons are non-repeatable maybe some of them will be but most of them uh, won't be repeatable. So those plus an area of maybe eight to 10 dungeons that you can explore and collect ingredients from. But yeah, you're right. You can always expand on those on those maps. Mm. Let's say it's one dungeon is in a forest. You can always expand the forest, right? One dungeon is in a cave. You can always expand even the school because since this is a soft magic kind of system, it's not a hard magic. There's not a lot of rules. Mm. It's easy to expand. You can just say there's a magic wall in the school and then there's a new area in the school. With this game, you said you made it an RPG maker, right? Mm. So yes. a lot of developers, when they make their first game, they kind of gravitate towards usually a 2D platformer, right? So mm -hmm. with you, was there a specific reason you pick a top-down game like this? There's two main reasons. The first one is that RPG Maker MV is the, at that time in 2018, it was the most accessible one because it went for free on Steam. Mm -hmm. It's the very first game engine that I encountered. So I tried it out, I had fun. I had fun with it. It was simple easy to learn and secondly uh, you know I, I like persona 4 persona 3 and 4 i haven't played 5 yet yeah. but i really liked how 3 was in terms of story persona 3 was really good persona 4 was better in terms of game mechanics in my opinion but i also like uh games from nis like manakemia the, the it's actually from the Atelier uh, series, mm -hmm. and Manakimia is the alchemy school spin-off. I like the cons. I like the art. I like the yeah art direction, the design. I wanted to cross those two because Manakimia could have benefited so much more if they were more akin to Persona Four, Persona Three. So mm -hmm. I wanted to have that cross, and I was waiting for that. But I said, you know, instead of waiting for developers to make this game, <laughs> I'll just make it. And RPG Maker has already, you know, systems and a database for skills, monsters, characters, which you'll have to make or maybe find something similar when it comes to Unity or Game Maker. I'm not sure because I've never tried it, but, you know, RPG Maker takes care of that already. Yeah. All you have to do is put in the stats, the skills, and maybe the art and you're good to go. That's why I, I chose RPG Maker. So in, in other words, I had a specific idea that I wanted to make and RPG Maker seems to be the best tool at that time, at this time, since it's my very first game. But we always have to remember that the game engine is simply a tool. So it's how you use the tool. And I also like that there are limitations because limitations actually breed creativity. It actually helped me make decisions in the game design around those limitations. I, I could make those decisions decisively because mm -hmm. I know the game will, because I'm limited by the game engine. Yeah. And 
and it worked. I mean, when you're developing this, especially with it being your first game, what's kind of the hardest part of developing that game? The, the art itself. Okay. I, Okay, pixel art takes less time to make than traditional art, mm -hmm. uh, but it still takes time. Uh, I had to learn color, color theory a little bit because it's not paint, you know, it's not paint. It's not yeah. like you can just combine colors and okay, this is your new color. Mm -hmm. uh, pixel art specific, very specific colors. So I had to learn how to pick the right color. So I had to learn the formulations like plus 45 in hue, things like that. Also the anatomy. I don't, I don't have background in art. So I had to learn how to draw a little bit, how to mm -hmm. sketch the, the body, body part even though you can see in the battle sprites these are chibi anime types you still have to make the body parts proportional right the torso should be proportional to the legs and the head yeah, yeah. the general shape when you're when you're moving the arms or the hands it should mm -hmm. it should make sense yeah so i had to learn that i had to sketch there's there's a website where you can do sketches every day three minutes per sketch e even the writing part because mine's a very story-based yeah game i'm not a creative writing major i do have you know every now and then i have some ideas but it's mm -hmm. not like i've made a novel yeah but even that i had to youtube some tutorials like world yeah. building the, the very concept of world building i don't yeah. learn it and the magic systems how do you make what is a magic system right mm -hmm. in the first place i had to watch those and then really just sit there with a cup of coffee and brainstorm and type a game like this with such an emphasis on that emotional aspect to it and is there even a way to talk about the story behind the game without spoilers or the very basic ones <laughs> the, the very basic premise of the game is yeah. you're new you got invited to an exclusive school which is Lawbridge Academy and only not everyone can get in so I got invited to study there and then after your first class you find a mysterious book and this book uh, guides you through the whole journey and you know it's basically just learning new spells making friends but as you keep going through the months keep going through the story you find certain things which you start to think are questionable yeah uh there's you know that there's something more behind this this event and it's about discovering what's behind that with this game there's a lot of emphasis on world building on building you know the story around your character on talking to the different people within the world itself so with a game that focuses on something like that as heavily as it does talk to me about you know multiple seg multiple storylines multiple endings things like that kind of how does that work into this game if at all and where's the challenge in creating that one of the inspirations when i was writing the plot and the, and the branching storylines in a way is life is strange okay life yeah. is strange so it's a choice-based game some would say it's a walking simulator walk simulator mm -hmm. well but you know there's an emphasis on choices but actually per chapter it would diverge and then mm. by the next chapter, it would converge again. Okay. Uh, same with all chapters. But at the end, at the very end of the whole thing, you just have two choices in the end. Mm -hmm. So those are your two endings. I'm not sure if there's a secret ending. Those are just two endings. Yeah. But still, people feel that their choices in the game actually mattered. Yeah. Because it reflected in the world, even though in the next chapter, uh, you're still basically going to the same arc. So I took inspiration from that. And they call it as a bead. Instead of a branching storyline, like, I don't know, Witcher, yeah. uh, it's more of a bead. They're still still connected, but it, it branches and then comes back again together, branches come back. That was my inspiration. Okay. So there's no two completely unique. Like, it's not like, oh, this is the Jedi route. This is the Sith route. It's still, mm -hmm. in a way, the Law Mage Academy uh, linear story, but you can diverge with the little details. And those little details will pile up and create a unique experience for you. I mean, you can even play through the game without any party members. You can play through it solo route. And <laughs> it's a bit more challenging because there's no hard mode in the game. Yeah. But you can make your own hard mode by 
setting some limitations for yourself. But yes, per per month in the game, uh, you can make choices, and those choices will reflect in the coming months. But but there are some endings. Uh, the, the main story will have several different endings, and there will be endings for like uh, who are you closest with throughout your whole playthrough. You will have a separate ending for that. One thing that came to mind when I was playing this game, Fable 2 came to me. I was thinking about, you know, you can choose the good path or the bad path. Can you do that in this game? Is that something, you know, where you choose, you know, to mm. do the more shady choices, I guess you could say, you know, the people around you view you differently, you know, they see you as the villain character. Is that something at any point that you thought about putting in this game? The game, th there are some shady choices. Mm -hmm. You can choose yeah. to lie or tell the truth, things like that. Yeah. But really the game is about moral ambiguity, mm -hmm. the, the, the grayness of morality and ethics. So I, I want players to think there's no clear villain in this game. I mean, at first there will be, but then as you think more about it, I want players to think hard about it and really reflect on who really is the bad guy and is there even a good guy uh, am i the good guy mm -hmm. considering everything that i've done <laughs> you know yeah. things like that so it's a, i want player to have that kind of thought and discussion because as i said i'm a philosophy major a lot of people to think about it i don't just want to say this is the bad guy it's a good guy uh, and in jrpgs you kill god and then you save the world you're a bunch of teenagers that killed god yeah uh, you save the world right it's not like that mm -hmm. uh, it's more of figuring out figuring out your own path yeah. And reflecting on your choices and reflecting on what's happening around you and deciding for yourself. The houses you get sorted into, does that have a major impact on the story itself? No major impact, but mm. it will give you access to house specific items, weapons, armors, maybe some quests. You mentioned, you know, armor, weapons, stuff like that. So your house really, mm. it keys in on basically your play style more than anything. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. kind of talk to me about the play style. Talk to me about your combat. Talk to me about, you know, you can do potions. You can, you know, learn these different magic spells, mm -hmm. things like that. So kind of walk me through the different ways you can go into combat and how combat itself works. So the combat was inspired by uh, Shin Megami Tensei and Octopath Traveler. Okay. So in Octopath Traveler, uh, enemies have shields. When you hit the weakness, their shields will go down by one point. If their shields go to zero, they will be stunned for one turn. And when you hit them, uh, they will take more damage. That's how it went in Octopath Traveler. Or what I think they could have gone further is to apply that same system to the players because the players didn't have shields in Octopath mm -hmm. Traveler. Here, the players will have shields. So you have to pay attention to your weaknesses as well. So aside from weaknesses, you also have, you know, potions, which you can craft the standard ones to remove poison, bleed heal your mana and so on but you will customize your spells so sometimes like you will regret not taking that fire spell for example but you could you could just buy these crystals in the school i call them shards in the school yeah. these are one-time spells uh, if you didn't buy them well that's your fault for for forgetting and that's mm -hmm. where the choice and awareness comes in in the game actually and you can also change up your party members of course depending on the build and what okay. i plan to do which a lot of RPGs don't do is that, you know how some bosses are immune from poison or bleed, stuff like that? Yeah. Uh, I want bosses to be vulnerable to those states. So you can actually kill the bosses through poison or through bleed and stuff like that. So you said the game is 10 months long. You said there's a boss at the end of every month, correct? So yeah, special mission. Okay. Every month. Walk me through kind of some of the different bosses you're going to face off against. Each month will focus mm. on a specific game mechanic. Okay. So let's say on month two, you'll encounter poison. On month three, you'll encounter bleed. Uh, month four, you'll encounter maybe silence. Okay. So per month, uh, the game will introduce you to a certain game mechanic. And the, the game design philosophy that I like is that the bosses should test the player's knowledge 
of the game mechanics. Mm-hmm. So the boss at the end of the month, you can expect it to be a boss that inflicts bleed. You have to play around that. And same with the characters that you will recruit for that month. They will mm-hmm. somewhat be related to the game mechanics okay. for that month. And later on, once I run out of game mechanics to introduce, then I will change it up a bit by, oh, this boss can inflict both poison and bleed. Okay. This boss can, can inflict silence and this. Mm-hmm. And they're also immune to this tool that you have. Those kinds of bosses will play around on the, the game mechanics that are introduced to you per month. And you can bring these side characters into the boss fights with you, or are they not able to come in there with you? How does that work? Right. So the party system per month, or even mm-hmm. if you want to go outside the the school, or you you have a mission at the end of the month, you get you get the chance to choose which three characters are you taking with you. You get to invite friends, a maximum of four per party. I can see players choosing just their favorite ones and ignoring yeah. everyone else. I can see players mixing it up. So, some players you just I'll just go solo for the for the challenge of it, right? If you so, go solo, I'm assuming though it's much more of a challenge. It's going to be harder to beat much those. Much more of a challenge. Yeah. But okay. at the same time, you get more EXP, so that co- compensates for the difficulty. You, you get you advance in level faster in a way, so you have more HP, more stats. Potions would be an equivalent to kind of like a crafting system in a game, right? So you're going to go right. out, yeah, and you're going to kind of have these quests to find ingredients and buy ingredients, and then walk me through. Can you just craft anywhere, or do, are there specific crafting oh. stations? Kind of how does that work in the game? Right, right. So in the dungeons, you can gather ingredients similar mm-hmm. to the Atelier series, Manakemia. Uh, but you can only craft in the school. And there are designated crafting stations. Yeah. So again, choices. It's, it's not just about narrative choices. It's about decisions on when you're going out, what are you preparing before you go out, things like that. So it really uh, gives a lot of weight on on decisions on the part of the player. With that in mind, we haven't really touched on pretty much one of the key components to the game, which is, you know, taking these different classes and getting these different skills. Kind of explain that to me in a nutshell, how that will work and how that will advance as you go through the game. So every month you can go inside the main building Mm -hmm. and there's there's a law mage waiting for you in the front desk. And if you talk to that law mage, she will offer the classes available for that month. Mm-hmm. Some are limited time. Some are, you know, they're there forever until you finish them. You, it's possible that you don't take these classes at all. Mm-hmm. You just, you know, level up and stuff. That's one of the challenges for me. Like, is that a viable thing? Will it yeah. cause bugs? Will it cause a soft lock? But so far, I don't think it will. You will miss out for sure because you won't be able to access these dungeons or these characters. But but theoretically, it is possible. So you just go there. Uh, you unlock what you can. Sometimes you know what you're going to unlock. Sometimes you don't know what you're going to unlock when you attend a class. So there's a bit of a mystery, but at the same time, it's not all anonymous. It's not all secret. Right? Yeah, you're unlocking these different skills and spells and things of that nature. Would that kind of have a parallel to say a kind of skills tree, essentially, where you unlock a spell and then you advance Mm. it with more classes and kind of keep pushing it forward and making it more powerful? It is in a way like a a skill tree, but you don't really actually see the skill tree progression. Mm. Uh, But there is in a way like that. By the way, there are books in the game. And so the way most RPGs do it is you level up and Mm. when you hit a certain level, learn a new skill. In this game, you actually have to spend days studying a book before you learn that spell or you have to attend a class or you have to go through a story mission to unlock your 
here or a skill. So it's not about levels. It's about what do you want to learn? How much time are you willing to invest in your own spells? Do you kind of have a date in mind for release at this point? Or is it still up in the air depending on kind of how the next few months go for you? Yeah, originally I planned 2022, but it doesn't seem to be viable. I need okay. more time. So it's probably 2023. Is there anything you kind of wanted to touch on specifically before we kind of wrapped it up? If you'd like to support the game, um, you can wishlist out on Steam. Wishlist will help visibility for the game when it does launch. Share to your friends. Demo is free both on itch.io and steam you can download it there for free but i'm really looking for more wish lists on steam and you can join the discord as well the link is in the itch and in the twitter mm -hmm. follow me on twitter law mage academy or instagram and facebook you can also follow me there and there is law mage academy a magical journey through a jrpg styled world a top-down pixelated world of epic proportions. I had a great time talking about this game. The demo is over on itch.io for you to explore and experience. But until next time, I'm Nick. This is the side quest and I will see you next time. Okay.